Hello, and thanks for joining us for another episode of the Patient Convert Podcast. I have my co-host with me today, Justin Knott. Hey, everybody. And my friend, Dr. John Lin. Good morning. <laughs> Dr. Lin, tell us a little bit about yourself, about the practice, so our listeners can get familiar with you. Well, I'm a solo practice urologist in Gilbert, Arizona, which is a dying breed, I know, but I've been able to harness the or leverage social media and online reputation management and branding to create a, a fairly happy and successful practice. Yeah, He's being absolutely. modest, yeah. but <laughs> that's yeah. arguably the top producer of vasectomy procedures and probably the best in the country at it as well. So on top of all of that stuff, he really knows his stuff when it comes to marketing and branding himself. And he couldn't be a more perfect guest for today. So not only is he a successful physician, successful businessman running his own practice, really streamlining those vasectomies, but he also understands the importance in building a network, either socially supporting others in his space. And I really want our listeners to hear a little bit more about that today. I think a lot of physicians are trying to do that or want to know how to do that successfully and how it even matters to their practice. So I think you have a lot of insight that we could really use here. Yeah, happy to uh, share my experience uh, going through this journey. It's been a lot of fun and kind of counterintuitive to what a lot of physicians do. Oh, yeah. I mean, it is. You guys have a lot going on. I mean, patient care is first. Clinic is first. We're running a lot of other things. You know, how does this world of social media networking, supporting colleagues even play into driving new patients or building value for your practice? Why did you, when so many others haven't, especially so early on, make such a pointed decision to say, this is the direction I'm going and it's worth the time to invest in the process when you have so many ex excuses not to because your time is so valuable. And not only that, urologists are in short supply, just like a lot of physicians are. There are only about 13,000 urologists in the entire wow. United States wow. to serve 330 plus million Americans. Wow. So there's a shortage of us. And why and a lot of urologists may be thinking, well, why do I even bother, right? Well, you've heard of the high percentages of physician burnout. And a recent survey showed that urologists are among the highest, oh, ranking really? the highest, which is not a not a distinction we'd like to have. So yeah. why are physicians burning out? And so much of it is lack of control, not being able to control your patient uh, flow, not being able to control your marketing process and what your day looks like. So I started out as a solo urologist, and at that time, a lot of physicians, urologists are kind of looking at me cross-eyed and thinking, wait, why are you doing that? <laughs> that is not going to work. So I've always had that mindset. Well, when everyone says to go one way, I like to explore the other options. The other thing is one of my urology attendings, Dr. Steinhardt, he's a pediatric urologist. He counseled me and he whipped out this little fortune cookie thing that he had in his wallet. And it said that, you don't have to be all things to all people, meaning you don't have to do everything in neurology, but he gave, kind of gave me the permission to concentrate on things that you really enjoy doing. And who wouldn't want to go to work and do the things that you really enjoy doing? I mean, I have a swinging step coming into the office every yeah, single day. Absolutely. Oh, that's great. I think that that's lost a lot because when you go in, you just kind of assume, well, you're treating the patient, like whatever patient walks through the door or whatever I was trained in in urology, I've got to do that or whatever subspecialty. And you're kind of, you're changing the game there. Here's something controversial that I often say in my presentations. Okay. This is going to may enrage some people, but I will say it in, in the 
politically correct way. Your patient success depends on your success. Mm -hmm. So your patient success depends on the success of your practice. And the way I used to say it is that your number one job is, is not to take care of patients, but to run a successful practice because without a successful practice, you won't have the privilege to take care of patients. Right. But that doesn't land too well. So I know I tone it down. <laughs> no, I think it, it makes sense. I know I've worked with some physicians and you mentioned the feeling of out of control being one of the reasons for burnout. And a lot of what we talk about is reviews. And even with some of that I do with growing referrals is some of the bad reviews were out of their control. Now, some of these physicians are part of large organizations, but like parking, but the patient had such a problem with the parking of the hospital that they left the review for the physician. And you mentioned out of your control walking in. And I, I think that's really important for physicians to start thinking about what matters most to me. What do I want to focus on when I practice as a physician or a physician producer? Building yeah, their own and practice. I think talk to us a little bit about the your reputation process, because everybody's got one different. There's so much software out there, but I think a lot of physicians, at least in a lot of the dialogue we have, get completely arrested with it by almost throwing their hands up and says, well, it doesn't matter what I do. I'm going to get a bad review from a pissed off patient, despite how great I am at patient care, whatever it is. But you've understood the value both in social proof and obviously what it can mean for SEO. So walk us through a little bit because it does, you don't have to reinvent the wheel to build hundreds and hundreds of reviews like you have. Well, a lot of physicians think that you have no control over the reviews. Well, you have a lot of control because most of your patients are happy with your services. All you have to do is ask for those reviews. And there are efficient ways to get those reviews also, you're not really out of control with the negative reviews. If you get these negative reviews, there are standardized ways that you can empathetically respond to these negative reviews. So don't think that once you get the negative review, you're just kind of, okay, well, I'm done and there's nothing I can do. No, you have a lot of ways to actually show up on the world stage because internet is, it impacts the whole world. The whole world can see you. So you have a lot of control in managing those negative reviews. I ask my physician colleagues to look at their online reputation and how do they convince themselves that it matters? Well, I often ask them to ask their new patients who are seeing them, how do they find you? Okay, Kelly, I know you run a physician liaison consulting company. I get my patients, a lot of my patients directly from the patients themselves. And so when I ask, so for instance, if I ask a vasectomy patient, male, they come in, I ask them, Justin, how did you find me? And they'll say, oh, a friend told me about you. Or very interestingly, a lot of it comes from the spouse. It's the wives who are doing the research. And some of the guys simply show up and say, I don't know who you are. My wife made the appointment. She did the research. Yeah, she did the research. I trust my wife. So here I am. But if you drill all the way down, so referral from a friend, it could be from a primary care doctor. It could be from a spouse. They always drill. If you drill all the way down, they'll tell you, okay, you're close to me. Uh, you are my insurance plan. But if you drill all the way down, they will always tell you, I read your reviews. Yeah. And so among, as you know, among the reviews, which one is the most important? Google, of Google. course, the yeah. number one search engine in the world. So it's incumbent on the physicians. I know it's just an, another added task, but there are a lot of different tools for you to automate that process to get the online, the positive online reviews. Again, most of your patients are happy with you. There are automated tools 
if you want, or if you're really motivated, you can assign one person on your staff who proactively solicits the positive reviews from the patients. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you, and to your point, as you mentioned earlier, there's so many physicians. I, I think the most common pushback we have in the reputation side of things is, well, if I start asking for good reviews, I'm going to open myself up to bad. Yeah, and, I mean, a lot. Of and people. to your point is simply just ask is the whole world of happy patients. You don't have to ask an unhappy patient to go <laughs> take time out of their day to leave a review, but you do have to make it really easy and be proactive about capturing the happy patient story. So Justin, I know you work with physicians on this online reputation marketing thing. What are some of the tools to easily capture these reviews? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a lot of old school method of simply just ask and get a staff member proactively at the point of checkout, those types of things. But you need to fit in a workflow. Exactly. You need to get it into a workflow that works. The fear of the putting it on the front desk is there's the human element there of they could forget. It may not be a top priority of those types of things. So I think leveraging some type of software automation can really help in using multiple mediums to do that as far as email and text, because depending on the age range and of the population of your practice, they'll be receptive to one or the other and you increase your likelihood. So there's a lot of reputation software. We're personally partnered with a group called Raider 8 that we use. I think that they do a phenomenal job, but I think the more close to automation you can get, whether it's integrating fully into your EMR, so you just keep your workflows as normal and go through the checkout process with your patient and then a software handles the rest, or as easy as batch uploading once or twice a week or every day. The rule of thumb is obviously, as you know, the closest to the point of care, just like if you're staying at a hotel that you can get, the fresher it is on their mind. So that's what we always encourage is utilize some type of software or workflow So you can kind of get, so to speak, the review in the hands of the patient as quickly as possible, then they're more likely to leave one. Well, and the automated processes are huge. Like you mentioned, for a physician, that's the last, I mean, we have so much, they have so much going on. So you want to make sure it's easy. I'm a big proponent of leveraging technology because the last thing a practice wants to hear is, well, there's one more thing for you to do during the checkout process. And you don't have to worry about that if you leverage technology. I 100% agree. And if you want to add that extra human element, you can have your medical assistant or yourself, if you want, if the physician asks, hey, guess what? When you leave here in the next 10 minutes or so, we may send you a review request. It would be great if you could review us. That would be awesome. And if you ask that way, and sometimes the physician, the patient will say, yeah, of course, I'll leave you a review. And there you go. You just increase the chances of getting a, a positive review. Uh, could not agree more. I mean, as you know, healthcare is the most personal of all of the industries that are out there and patient point of care is so personal that when you as a physician do a phenomenal job for a patient, they're so likely to leave a review. And then we actually just did a presentation yesterday on a reputation and surprisingly, it's almost twice as important in healthcare than any other industry, even professional services. Like you'd think like a plumber before you get a plumber, you're going to go read reviews about that plumber. But no, people care more about reputation in healthcare than any other industry. It's a no brainer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, surveys. Talk- ha- go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> you talked about doing what you love. This is really important. I think for some of our physician listeners to hear, we don't always need to cover it all. Right. Dr. Lynn. It doesn't have to be something you can focus on something that you love, something that helps you have that pep in the step in the morning, how you love to treat patients. You've arguably built the most successful vasectomy by volume 
in the United States? Is that something that you saw that you loved and, and how did you do that? I probably not the number one. I know the guy who does uh, a guy who does more uh, than I do. He really is all in on vasectomies. He visited my practice five times. Oh, cool! <laughs> wow, but, but you're, you're, you're networking and networking, there, yeah, and learning from each other. Yeah, what today's podcast is about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's visited my practice to learn from me. He just started his practice several years ago, and he figured out that hey. I don't have to be all things to all people because yeah. that's what I, uh, that's what I told them. Yeah, and, uh, he is. He does more vasectomies than I do, wow. and I, I perform about this year. I'll probably perform over a thousand. I probably can claim that uh, I am the number one vasectomist in Arizona, but not probably not in the whole country because <laughs> I know TJ does more than I do. But it's a lot of fun. Quite per, quite impressive though. Yeah, for a single <laughs> yes, practice yeah, physician. Absolutely. Yeah, but it's a lot of fun, and it's not the only thing that I do. The patients will find you from multiple different fronts and Google reviews one and other areas you, you need to be present or be mentionable wherever the patients are hanging out and Facebook groups uh, within your community are very important. If you right. join one of these groups and you type in vasectomy or you type in urology, guess what? There will be past mentions of questions that those group members have asked and they will specifically mention a particular urology practice. If you're not on those groups, if you don't have a presence on Facebook or LinkedIn, for instance, people cannot link your practice. And that's just an extra step for people to try to find you. We value things, a couple of things, most of us. One is money and number two is time. So any way you can make it easy for patients to engage with you, either online or leaving you a review, that's what you want to do. And that is all about removing friction to access to your practice, to your review site. I, yeah, I could not agree more. How are you to that point? You mentioned obviously being social on social and getting involved in groups and everything. And you can, I mean, it's evident by just going on your website, the video that we're doing right now, you really believe in content as a big conduit to do that. Most people just post a stock image on their social media and scratch their head. Like, why is there no value being created here? So talk to us about kind of what the content process looks like for you and why you believe in creating content so much and actually getting social on social. Well, and right before you do that, I want you to answer a quick question. Yes. Do you feel like you're a social media marketing specialist? Well, I tell my physician friends that your number one job is to be a marketing company first in your practice. Then you are a physician or a urologist or a primary care doctor. Why? Because you could be the best robotic prostatectomist in the world. You can be the best vasectomist in the world. But if nobody knows about you, you're just another urologist. You're just another a physician, right? So to stand out, if you really are interested in finding the patients that, that you want to see and seeing the disease process that you enjoy seeing, then putting a little bit of effort is going to go a long way. Well, I love That's that. That's a profound so, statement. Yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt. I just wanted, I think it was important because I feel like some of my physicians or that I work with say, I, I know nothing about marketing social media. Like it's this huge thing to tackle. And the point is just what you said. I think You're just a physician sharing your content and understanding that the value social media brings to getting patients in. So I'd love to hear about your process. Yeah, so sorry, piggy, guys. I, I think your to. question, this piggybacked well <laughs> yeah. off of that, because now is then how did you go about so creating how did yourself you do it? as an expert? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and believe it or not, 
right now is super easy because there's not a lot of people doing it. We internet is still fairly new, social media is still fairly new, so it's really easy to break out and be above the fray, if you will. So any effort that you put in there is going to be a lot easier and as you all know, Google tracks and values how long you've been around digitally and yep. they weight your content differently depending on how long you've been. For instance, your website, how long has your website been around? They weigh that in the search engine optimization, SEO. So yep. the type of content that I think of is I'm here to entertain or educate. So entertainment or education. So if you go to uh, Sunrise Geology's Facebook page, you may be a little offended because I post a lot of kind of funny things and slightly edgy things, but it's entertaining. So it's, it's shareable engagement. Yeah, it's shareable. It's fun. Everybody knows when I post something, it's coming from Sunrise Urology. It's coming from Sunrise Urology. So you don't need to sell. And I see a lot of my colleagues who will post content and say, call, call us. Right. Or, when I see Kelly not, I already know about entropy because of all the social media content you put out there on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on YouTube. I already know and, and podcasts. So I already know who you are, who you are. And if I need so physician liaison right. training or if I need marketing help or marketing automation, I know I'm going to be calling Kelly not and Justin not. Well, right. So once you put start like what you all do, you put out information that you already know, which is very intuitive and common sense to you, but it's not for your audience, for the potential people searching out to you. A couple of the videos that I posted on Facebook recently, I don't know why, but a couple of years later, now it's trending, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It's funny how that works, right? <laughs> yeah, Facebook is now favoring those videos, talking about right. ureteral stance and talking about shockwave lithotripsy of kidney stones. Yeah. And I recorded those and I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm just explaining something that I do every single day. Right. Well, it's common to me, common sense to me, but it is not for a lot of people. Or those patients suffering from it. They don't even know that that exists. They don't know what it looks like yeah. and they don't know where it goes. And they just heard about all the bad things. And the other thing about creating content is that you are dispelling a lot of BS myths out there and coming from someone who is trained in doing the procedure and seeing patients and hearing patients about their experiences, hopefully you can provide some perspective instead of just having the naysayers talk badly about a certain thing or a certain procedure, you can provide objective evidence. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly it. I love that you just said that. That's why it's so successful for you because you're creating this aha moment for patients. And if you can relate, educate, and like you said, I like cheeky posts or even a little bit, I don't want to say controversial because yeah, that implies edgy. something else, but it's all about engagement with social media. And just like you said, your audience is walking away feeling educated on things that you as a physician would think like obvious, but it's not obvious to all these patients. Or maybe like you said, there's little things about it that when you explain it, make more sense or create more options of treatment for the patient. And again, you're educating your patients from the expert point of view. This isn't a blog about all the symptoms and treatments. This is a physician talking about these hot topics, educating or making them feel like, oh my God, I'm not the only one. Obviously, this is something going on. Or again, creating some kind of engagement through social media by posting mm -hmm, yeah. edgier content. Because when people comment like, even if they disagree with some of the things, that algorithm is running. 
So, I mean, it's still going like, thank you. You don't like my post, but if you're commenting and liking our, our yeah, thanks for the comment. And start sparking more engagement, <laughs> yeah. more people are then going to reply and you just kind of exploded. And I love that you said your um, lithotripsy video was trending too. That is a topic. I mean, how often do you see urologists just talk about that? It's so obvious when you're in the healthcare yeah. field, but when you're a patient or a viewer or an audience, isn't that great to see a video like that? Someone explain shockwave and how different it is from traditional treatment and how it can help with post-recovery. Like this is all important information. Mm -hmm. So I think some of it is you don't have to search so hard, right, Dr. Lynn, to find the content. It's just about being the expert. It's basically talking about what you do every single day. And you do best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And some patients relate to you. Some patients may not. Hey, let's face it, I'm Asian. So some patients may not like Asians. However, there are men who need prostate checks. They specifically they have told me specifically, I chose you because you're Asian. Because, oh, no way. because of the size of my finger, apparently. So I <laughs> have literally oh, said that, yeah. but you're not going to relate to everybody, right? So yeah. the way you explain things may rub some people off or turn some people off and rub them the wrong way. But you want to be looking for the, the patients and the audience that relate to you. So you're picking your ideal patients who relate to you. So they're coming in already connected with right. you. So as you know, patients or customers are not going to buy your product or service unless they know you, they like you and trust you. So what is the best way to convey that message to your potential customer? Video. Yeah. Nowadays, it is so easy to just bring up your smartphone and record a short video talking about what you do, post that or give it to your content uh, team and have them post it and process it and post it. And there you go. That it's as easy as that. And if you don't take advantage of it, somebody else will. Some little guy like me. Yeah. Yeah. And and I loved the point you even said is like now it's trending is a lot, even whether it's a specialist or you're hyper specialized, think that there's not an audience out there. Like there's not patients listening to what the, whatever topic, procedure or treatment that you're talking about. But there is like lithotripsies, all the stuff that you've done, audiences eat it up. And that's the exact audience that you're going for. And all you need to do is, as you said, is get out of your way in terms of don't focus on selling, just focus on teaching and educating. And all of the selling sorts its, itself out because you've become the trusted expert in that space, whatever it is that you're talking about as a specialist. Have you noticed other colleagues in your space because you're producing this type of content supporting it as well? Yes, because I try to see what's working and what's not working. That's how I know that one of my local colleagues is constantly putting out content and is saying, <laughs> here's the disease process. This is what's going on. Call us. Remember to call us or review us. Well, <laughs> back in the dating days, I read a lot of books about dating and you're trying too hard. So uh, as a man, you're trying too hard to try to ask for that date or trying too hard to impress that person. You're trying too hard to impress your potential customer. Just show up and talk about what you do. Be the authority by talking about the topic of interest and you'll earn the like, no like and trust of the audience type or the potential patient type who is attracted to your type of practice or attracted to the way you present things. 100%. I mean, just nailed it. It's just about educating, like you mentioned earlier. If they want to work with you, they'll reach out. They know exactly where you are. Let me just mention that you may be doing things that are just routine to you. For instance, when I perform vasectomies, I would say most urologists and most physicians are not using something called laughing gas, nitrous oxide. 
We've been using nitrous oxide for years. Even hospitals are using them to help pregnant ladies deliver their babies by just using oh, nitrous really? oxide. Yeah, so, yeah. Oh, that makes yeah, me laugh because it makes me think of a story. <laughs> well, and she is has a dental phobia. And so yeah. she seeks dentists out specifically if they offer it. So it's funny. That's such a unique differentiator for you. For I would never even honestly have thought about that as an option on the table if I was getting a vasectomy. And that's immediately like, oh, that's an option, especially yeah, if you're really a competitive if you're, advantage. If you're terrified and wouldn't go under the knife, even though it's not a major procedure, still, that's a huge differentiator, something so small. Well, we were shadowing, he's a great surgeon, a vasectomy just because we were marketing <laughs> it for physician liaison marketing, I believe. In Us kind together of, while we were dating is yeah, quite an kind experience. Kind of scrubbing in. <laughs> I believe in like scrubbing in and if you're going to be talking about it, you need to sometimes just seeing it just adds a whole nother message when you're talking to physicians. Yes. So we're shadowing it. And again, he's an excellent surgeon. I think the patient was just really nervous, but it's funny you mentioned that because he's talking to us and teaching and the patient's like jumping and screaming the whole time. He couldn't feel anything, but he's like over there doing what he's like, the game cold water, but it's funny because it's, I would imagine laughing gas in that situation. Well, the urologist too was like, Oh, are you going to pass out? And we're like, yeah, it looks like he's going to pass out. It's like, I'll get him some ice chips. He's like over there. Just like but laughing gas would have made this situation probably a whole lot more comfortable for him. Oh, but, yeah, but, um, but, but it's something that you do all day and you do it all the time. Or for instance, uh, you mentioned uh, a knife. Well, literally, I have no knife. It's a no scalpel procedure. So uh, there's a lot of misconception out there, a lot of misunderstanding. And what the reality for the potential customer, potential patient is what is appearing in his head yeah. is not what actually happens. So it is you, it's your job to convey what actually happens to your particular audience or potential patients. And social media posts, just a, a picture or something funny, or just a 10 second video of you talking about, hey, by the way, we do this, we use nitrous oxide, we use laughing gas, so just to calm your nerves. The other thing is posting once doesn't do the trick. You have to constantly post and, and you may have to talk about the same thing over and over. We like to think, oh, you say something once and then it's gonna stick. Mm, no, not really. Oh, what is top of mind? Yeah, what is top of mind in front of you is what you're gonna remember. And folks in marketing know that it takes what, seven touch points before yeah. your brand is even yeah. remembered. So you can drop it into so many content mediums, like you talked about, like you can create a blog post, you can do multiple videos, you can put those inside the blog post, you can put them on YouTube, you can share them on the other social, you can do a podcast like you're doing now. I mean, there's, you can create graphics out of all of that. Like you can take one piece and turn it into 40. And that's yeah. what we love. Yes. Well, you've also used your content. And I really love this because I wish more physicians would do what you're doing. Not only is it creating an audience of viewers and driving new patients, you're educating, but you're supporting other urologists across the country. And you've built quite a huge network yeah. doing so. So you have access to urologists all across the country that you can access at any time, share content, support, ask questions, give advice, and like you said, even meet. And you did that by building it on social. So can you talk a little bit about a, why you think it's important to support other colleagues in your space, which I think you may have talked a little bit about before, but, and then B, how did you do it? The platform that I chose was Facebook because it's been around for the longest and a huge number of people who actually use the product. So if I'm, so I'm thinking if a potential urologist or urology practice folk 
want to engage what is the easy again I'm, I'm thinking what is going to give me the will give them the least amount of friction to take the action that i want them to take and so i chose facebook as a platform and uh, facebook has something called facebook groups i created this group almost exactly three years ago and uh, i've grown into about 1400 uh urology practice folks and, and so it's urology is not a big field and it's very niche. Again, only about 13,000 uh, urologists in the US, but I'm able to capture a little, a few of these folks in the group. And we talk about uh, social media, we talk about billing, we talk about coding, how to run your practices better, any games that payers or insurers are doing, and we can share ideas across the country because something that's happening happening on the East Coast may slowly trend over to the West Coast and we commiserate with each other as well. And that's so important. It adds so much value, I'm sure, mm -hmm. to you and yeah. your network. Yeah. And I figured that rising tide, right, raises all ships, yeah. lifts all ships. And I'm an immigrant and I came to the States with not much. So I have literally, I'm living beyond the American dream. So I am extremely grateful for what I've become and what I have attained. I now work towards paying it forward. And the, when that. that physician who's visited my practice five times, the first time he came, I said, all I ask of you is that once you get to where I am, is that you pay it forward. You help other physicians get to where you are. Amazing. Because seeing patients is fun. So now I, in, in your medical school application, you say you want to help people. Well, everybody wants to help people, right? Now I'm, I'm able to help my family's taken care of. I'm able to help my patients. And now I'm making an even uh, larger impact to be able to help other physicians. I never even thought about that. But social media or Facebook groups is super easy because you can post text, you can post a photo, you can shoot live video. I do a lot of live videos in my oh, group. So, so cool. Yeah, and that way I can share the message to help other uh, urologists. Now, That's what amazing. would you, obviously we've talked about a lot of marketing today and how you've grown your practice, kind of piggybacking off of that, whether it's the conversations you've seen in the groups or just your historical experience, whether it is more marketing advice or outside of that, what's another, I'd say, whether it's a major thing to avoid or be aware of for urologists out there building their practice, um, maybe it's a billing thing or whatever it may be that you say, if you're looking out at the next year, focus on this area, just as far as some additional advice with all of your years of experience. I think the fear of not putting content out there. So the traditional way of obtaining patients is to go through a third party. And whenever you have to go through a third party, whether that's an insurance company or a primary care doctor, uh, because in the past there are HMOs and you have to get authorization and, and approval and things like that, I would challenge them to think, what if I can get the patient directly? So it's direct to consumer. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I can cut out the middleman and I can find the ideal patient in the condition that you wanna treat and also the type of patients whom you enjoy seeing. They may relate to your way the training or your interest in photography or interest in flying drones, interest in amateur radio, whatever it is out there, if you talk about it, if you put that content out there, you're gonna be able to find patients who relate to you. And these are the ideal patients whom you have a common interest, and now you're able to see them and do the procedures that you enjoy doing, seeing the disease states that you enjoy seeing. I think that that's so important because, yeah, I think it's really surprising. There is still in the specialist area of the medical, there's still such a lag in terms of, I still have a lot of conversations like, well, 
I'm booked out for two or three months and it's all referral driven. It's like, well, that, shouldn't that concern you as far as the look long term? Is like, what if those referral sources dry up or what if it gets more vertically integrated where the health system moves in your back door or an MSO gets created and that ortho down the road all of a sudden becomes a powerhouse ortho. It's like, what is your game plan to go direct to consumer? Or something, a group or a large referral source is purchased by a healthcare entity, hospital exactly. or private it's equity. All in network. Yep. Correct. They are incentivized to refer within network. Yep. Well, where do you stand? You're kind of left out in the lurch without an online presence, without a strong online reputation. Believe it or not, you're probably going to sink and you'll probably end up being acquired at less than ideal EBITDA, <laughs> a multiple. Yep. So the online reputation and building that online reputation is a long game. It's not, I tell my patients I'm a 15 year overnight success. It, it, <laughs> took, a long time. it took a long time to, yeah. to build, yeah. but it's definitely worth it. Definitely worth it. Coming into, imagine coming into work, enjoying what you are doing instead of, oh, man, another day of clinic, oh man, another day of documentation. One final advice for a lot of physicians, if you're thinking about content, a very, very strong piece of content is are your patient testimonials and patient testimonials, not just in reviews that you get, but if you can capture video testimonials, oh, man. oh yes. my gosh, right? right. Probably the most powerful marketing asset you could have, I think in medical. Yeah. And on Sunrise Urology's YouTube channel, I have for one disease state in large prostate, I have over 140 patient testimonials. These are just using my phone. And initially yeah. I just started using yeah. the phone and recording the patient and have him go over his uh, journey. And uh, one of the, another one of the trending videos or popular videos is this uh, woman talking about her experience with ureteral stents after stone treatment yeah <laughs> it's a, or stent removal the other thing is another lady talking about stent removal that's another very popular video you just never know you just got to put that stuff out there and relate connect with your potential patients connect with your patients good things will come from it and it's early so if you jump in right now it's going to be a lot easier for you than someone jumping in five years ten years from now it's such great advice because you're talking about building a successful practice. Obviously, physicians are interested in building a practice that's generating revenue and giving them more time. But you've really talked about too, I think, on creating a life that you love, creating a business that you love, enjoying work. You've talked about paying it forward. And we're not just talking about donating. We're talking about really donating what matters most. And that's your time. And you're helping your colleagues to avoid these potential hurdles or pitfalls. And then you're going in and talking about how you're improving patient care. I mean, not only are you an excellent surgeon, I'm sure you have a lot of colleagues that are excellent surgeons, but providing this type of education, networks, support groups, it's going to improve the patient care process or experience. And that's why you have such successful testimonials because you're an excellent surgeon, but you've also added this whole other level of accessibility and engagement, I think, just by creating content, not because you're privately messaging patients or anything, but just having the content out there and the belief in this support network, I think is really huge. And I'm, I'm really impressed by that. And I hope other physicians listening can see that your journey a, is a, it's a lot of work. It wasn't something that, like you said, that just happened overnight, but it's added value, I think, to your life and your happiness. And I think it's creating a huge difference for your patients. Yes, definitely. Well, if you have a happy leader on top, right? You have in your organization, physicians are the most expensive employees. If you have a happy employee up top, it trickles down. Everybody else is happy. But if you have someone who's grumpy, well, you know, your employees are grumpy and patients feel that. 
patients yeah. feel that and physicians liaisons feel that oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah they do you walk into an office kelly in the past when you worked as a physician liaison you know that this is going to be an unhappy office and yeah, I've, yeah. I've had multiple yeah. physician liaisons tell me oh my gosh your office is it just feels different the vibe That's is different so true yeah it is you i can have tell practices that i still remember walking in that i genuinely enjoyed because I could tell that the physician had an environment where the staff felt comfortable yeah. or like family, or he just treated them well. And I can think of physicians that the staff was scared to, as a liaison, you consult, you notice a lot of issues going on. They're like, don't mention that to him because he's going to get so upset. And it's like, but we have to fix these. Everyone was scared in that environment. And it really trickled down to poor patient care because we weren't fixing things that needed to be fixed. So that's a really good point too. I mean, where is your happiness? in the important list to your patients. You can't serve others if you're not healthy. And I think it starts with what you said very early on in the podcast Control. is how you think about your practice and your business and that you want to build it in a way that supports you so you can support your patients. And I want to do what I love to do inside of urology. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like it may be somewhat against the grain in the traditional sense, but that's ultimately how you create success and happiness and better patient care because you're doing, when they walk through the office and you're doing a procedure or treatment, it's the things that you love to do. And that's, I don't think a lot of people are doing that. It's just kind of, they accept it and they end up getting burnt out because of it. And I love that. And I think that's just profound to think of your practice as a business because other entrepreneurs out there and other business owners are doing just that. They're building something around what they're passionate about and they love to do. So there's nothing wrong with you doing it the same as a practice owner. Yeah. And I took a page out of pharma. We, when they started going direct to consumer advertising on TV, I thought, wait a minute, if they can do it, why can't urology practices do the same thing? Oh, for sure. I think that model and we've seen it and it's been to the benefit of marketers like us because there's so much more opportunity out there to go direct to consumer in the specialty ecosystem. And most people don't realize that self-referral is real. And most people want to be so in tune with their patient journey, even if it isn't a re referral that occurs from a PCP, they're not just taking that. They're taking that and going and doing research. And that's where reputation comes into play that in, could end up losing what was a slam dunk referral patient because your reputation sucks or they can't find you, whatever it may be. There's such a huge ecosystem of direct-to-consumer. Patients have a $15,000 deductible, so they care less about in-network because they're going to have to pay a ton of money either way. They want the best of the best in their area, and you got to present yourself as such. And healthcare is hyper-local, as you know. So if you can just, you don't have to influence the whole world. If you can just bend the reality, if you will, speak your truth yep. regarding your practice, regarding what you do, just in your very small area, you will have more patients and you, you know what to do with. And you, it's a hedge against competition as well. If you have someone new coming into the area, or if you have a, a hospital system trying to uh, take patients away from you. Unfortunately, they move very, very slowly. Whereas you are, you as a typically a small uh, group yeah. practice or yeah. a, a solo practice, you can move a lot faster. You can pivot a lot faster, much more nimble. Silver lining. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And the beauty of what you just said is that's what Google wants. And that's where it's getting even more and more and more and more focused in is hyper local search. And that's all you got to worry about as a practice is that 10 to 15 mile radius around your practice that patients are willing to travel to you. So a lot of listeners may be thinking, oh my gosh, this guy is, is creating content, he's posting things, he's looking at these reviews. 
If you don't want to take the time to do so, if you have no interest or very little interest, I hope you have a little interest because your livelihood and your happiness depends on it. If you have a little interest, but you don't have the inclination to actually go all in, there are entities and companies like what you and Justin and Kelly running that will help you get to where you want to be. So you can outsource this type of work if you don't enjoy doing it to somebody else. And you can take advantage and leverage social media to your financial and practice advantage and so that you don't have to be burdened by something else that you don't enjoy doing. So there are a lot of resources out there. You just have to reach out and do it. But just you just have to do it. It's too late. You just have to get out there, create content and dominate your area. It'll be a lot more difficult in the future if you don't take advantage now. It's kind of like compound interest, I guess. 100%. Yeah. And you yeah. mentioned this earlier. There actually is time for healthcare. You said there the same is, thing. Yeah. There's just not a lot of urologists out there doing this. I think in healthcare in general, and I think that's what helped me be so successful on social media is how many healthcare marketing influencers are there? And there's just nobody. So just getting started and putting it out there consistently and educating like we talked about is a huge leg up. So you mentioned helping other urologists. I want to let people know audience. A, if you're a patient, how can they find you? Where do they look for this content? And other physicians, how do they connect with you too? So for the patients, you can find Sunrise Urology. Just type Sunrise Urology on your favorite search engine and you'll find us. And we're on YouTube. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And also to connect with me with the Facebook group to help urologists, it's the Thriving Urology Practice Facebook group. The Thriving Urology Practice Facebook group. I love that. Excellent. Yeah, make sure you connect with him on LinkedIn too. He's very active on LinkedIn. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I know a lot of listeners, I love your perspective on it. I originally invited Dr. Lin because we've connected through LinkedIn and kind of built this friendship. I've been very impressed with him, obviously, as a surgeon, but then also his marketing. But it was interesting today, too, because we talked about we're going to talk a lot about networking and social media, but hearing how you really used your content to provide personal happiness and success. And I love that you're giving back to other providers because physician burnout is real. And becoming a solo physician, owning a practice is a big struggle. And I think you really educated me even more today on kind of the other benefits it brings and showing the light on patients you get to see and and how that improves your life. Yeah, 100%. And your journey. It wasn't easy. Me, selfishly, I loved hearing you said <laughs> so many things that I so firmly believe in and have been like doing webinars and podcasts and all of this stuff. And you're doing it and you've been out there doing it for years and years and years. And so I love, I feel like- He's a successful marketer. Yeah, I loved hearing that. So thank you so much thank for Thank you so on. much. And stay tuned because we will do a LinkedIn Live with Dr. Lynn. I promise, guys, we'll put that information out there. So if you have any questions for Dr. Lynn, please feel free to either connect with him or you can email us and we'll make sure we cover some of those topics, right, Dr. Lynn, in our LinkedIn Live? You bet. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you again Wait. for coming on and sharing uh, all of your knowledge. And I just want to urge all urologists to continue to make America pee again. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Thank you for listening to today's latest episode of the Patient Convert Podcast. Don't 
forget to subscribe and review on your favorite podcast platform. We are on Apple, iTunes, Google, Stitcher, and Spotify, or you can sign up to receive the latest episode via email. Just check it out on my agency website or my personal website. And if you are looking for more amazing healthcare marketing information or just to engage, check us out at entropy.com. And for any of my amazing physician liaisons out there interested in growing their physician referrals or learning the strategies that it takes to build highly engaged physician referral networks, check out my website, kellynot.com, where I have free webinars, free downloads, and of course, my online physician liaison training course, Physician Liaison University. And as always, I'm a huge believer in connecting, engaging, and supporting one another. And the best way we can do that is networking. And I always, always connect with you guys on social media. And one of my biggest social media platforms is LinkedIn. So feel free to connect with me there on LinkedIn or Instagram or Twitter at Kelly Knott. And thank you guys again for listening to the Patient Convert Podcast with your host, Kelly Knott.